Before we start the show, I want to tell you about Entrepreneurs on Fire, hosted by John Lee Dumas, available now on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Entrepreneurs on Fire stokes inspiration and shares strategies to fire up your entrepreneurial journey. Recent episodes you should check out are How to Multiply Your Business Value with IP Assets, How College Sophomores Turn $20, a Cell Phone, and a Dream into a Cookie Company Valued at Over $500 million. How to live tax-free as an entrepreneur. I think I'm going to go listen to that one myself. If you are looking for tips and strategies to create the business and life you've always dreamed of, then listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Every week on the show, we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Well, today, we're going to talk about the cockpit. We're going to talk about where is this plane going? How do you fly it? And even more than that, who should fly it? Here's what I'm talking about. If you are a creative, visionary strategist, you like making products, you like interacting with people, if you are an artist and you don't find somebody to run your day-to-day operations, my friend, you're going to burn out and your business is gonna pay for it. Your business is gonna suffer. Well, today I'm talking with Toby Walters. He's the owner and founder of Church Gear. They're at churchgear.com. It's a company that certifies and resells used audio and video production equipment to churches that are on a tight budget. It's a great business plan. However, Toby doesn't wanna run the company. So how do we find somebody for Toby and you who can run your company? It's an important conversation. What kind of person should be running your company? Let's talk. Tell us what you do, Toby. Sure. Well, I like to describe it as I accidentally started a company. (laughs) I did not know what I was getting myself into, which is, you know, largely why I'm on this podcast. But I own a company called Church Gear, and we buy used production gear, which is audio, video, lighting, music equipment from churches all over the country. We bring it back to our warehouse in Franklin, Tennessee. We test through every single piece and certify it. And then really our heart and mission on the other end is to sell it back to small churches that don't have the budgets of a giant 10,000-person church. Oh, gosh, that sounds like a great business model. I would imagine demand is pretty high. It is, um, but it's an education process. So every small church needs gear, but they uh, you know, just have this knee-jerk reaction of, we don't want to buy used gear because we don't know where it's been or if it's going to work. So we actually give a six-month warranty to churches exclusively that buy gear with us. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So what you're saying there is your overhead, your time per sale is a little higher because you're having to educate people. How's business? How how are you doing? How long have you been doing this? And, And if you don't mind, what's your top line revenue? Where are you at? Sure. We've been doing this just over two years and we're right about four million right now. Four million in two years. That's awesome. That's really, really great. Well, congratulations on that. However, I bet you I bet you there's some stuff keeping you up at night. Well, you like to use the metaphor of the airplane, and it seems I've built an airplane, but Don, I've got to confess, I hate to fly. I'm a visionary <laughs> mind. I'm a creative kind of guy. I was a musician for a long time, so I can come up with 17 ideas before lunch. But if you want me to lead a team of people and organize, uh, you know, an entire company and make sure that we are on budget, that is not my skill set. I am not a pilot for this plane. I just happen to build it. 
Well, I, I think there's a lot of people who identify with you. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who, who are creatives, they're visionaries, they're strategists. They came up with an idea, they built a product, it started working, and now they find themselves spending more time running the business than doing what got them in, in the business in the first place. So how have you tried to solve that problem or what have you tried to do? Well, I've surrounded myself with great people. And, you know, that seemed like step one. I built a just wonderful leadership team. Um, so together we put our heads together and we lead the whole company. And we've got, I think there's 18 of us on staff now overall. Um, but we're still missing that, you know, single person that we all just can kind of look to as to, okay, what do we do now? But I think, you know, we're, we are handicapped without that person with that, you know, business leadership kind of a high level mind that can take us to the next step. And you've got 18 people on staff. Will you tell me what they do? Sure. I mean, we have three different sides of the company. We got sales and marketing. So we've got a full-time brand guy that loves story brand. Great. And a couple sales guys. And we got a big operations team. Um, a huge part of it, A, we go and get the gear. So we've got a full-time driver that's in a truck every single week across America meeting these churches. And then we got a huge tech team because they have to test through every single one of these pieces. And then we got a shipping department and uh, just you know, admin and logistics as well. And where do you find yourself? I mean, in a perfect world, what would you, the owner of the company, like to be doing? Where would you like to be plugged in? I'd like to, I'm definitely a visionary mind, so I want to envision the future. I want to go, um, you know, sit under a tree and dream of where could we be. And then I want to bring those 17 ideas back to the leadership team and say, okay, everyone, here they are. Tell me which one of these 17 is actually you know, something we can do, something we should do. Uh, the high-level stuff, it makes my brain hurt. Gosh, all that business strategy and operations is what you're really describing. You don't like that stuff. You don't like having to deal with the details. Correct. All right. Well, congratulations on building a great business. And I think you find yourself in the same place a lot of people do. And that is that they find themselves at the top of the S-curve. And what that means is you have an idea, people start buying that idea or buying that product, the business grows, and then all of a sudden you have two things. You have the, the product itself that you're trying to get to customers, and then you also have uh, a business to run. And usually the business to run takes over the bandwidth that used to serve customers, and that's where the S-curve begins to dip and the, the, the business begins to decline. And then it declines. And a lot of times that's where a business starts going out of business and, and they're the victim of their own success. However, businesses that peak and then start to decline and then dip again and come back up with fantastic growth do exactly what you're trying to do. They find somebody to operate the business. Usually at the top of the company, there's one of three personalities. There is uh, an artist, there is an entrepreneur, or there is an operator. And so if there's an artist at the top of the company, they need to hire an entrepreneur and an operator. If there's an operator who started the company, they need to hire an artist and an entrepreneur and so forth and so on. But you really kind of need those three. It, it's kind of hard to find the right chemistry. It's a little bit like dating. And I think sometimes when you're talking about somebody to run your company, uh, you might have to date a few people before you figure out who you're going to marry. Here's a question for you, Don. If we can't afford this person at the moment, at what point do we say we have to afford this person? We can't afford not to hire this person? Or do we do the best we can until we have the revenue in order to 
afford the person. I think this person ends up making you money, and so you can take the risk, but only if you know how they're going to make you money. So, you know, when my operator comes in to run the company, the way we make more money is it frees me to create marketing collateral, and it frees me to create products. And so that person's not making me money. I'm making the company money because I'm free to do it rather than tied down, you know, in meetings. But you don't want to hire this person unless you know where it's going to put everybody else in order to make you money. Because you're going to, you are going to have to pay them a little bit. And, you know, I would imagine with a $4 million company, you know, today's wages at the very, very, very low end, you're probably going to be at about 85 grand and you're probably going to have to get more to 110 or 120 in order to really find the person that you want. And then there's going to be a bonus structure on top of that. So that said, I don't think you can hire anybody else without a really great job description. And I would like to give you some suggestions on what needs to be in that job description. And this will go for anybody listening to my voice right now. If you would like to turn your company over to somebody else to sell it, get out a a piece of paper and a pen. That sounds great. Okay. So, Toby, I think the first thing and the main thing they need to do is run a management and productivity system. They need to run a management and productivity system. And that is what the COO or the president of the company, whoever is in charge of the operations of the company, they need to run that. Now, Toby, I'm with you. I can't run that. I am not wired for it. I'm way too creative. Uh, I'm not a detailed guy unless I'm writing a book or creating content that I can get really deep and detailed. I just trust people to do their best. I don't micromanage I've got my head down in a book. I'm a book nerd. I'm either writing them or reading them. And so I've got to have somebody else do this. But we created this system after years and years and truly, I mean, more than half a million dollars in team members and consultants trying to figure it out. And I'm very proud to say we figured it out. And you can run your business with five meetings and that's it. There's occasional extra meeting, but five routine meetings are all you need. And the first meeting is an all-staff meeting. So Monday morning at 10 a.m., we had ours this morning. We're recording this on a Monday. Monday morning at 10 a.m., the entire staff is going to get on a Zoom call or they're going to be in the office or whatever. And the operator, not you, the operator is going to run that meeting. But you do need to focus in that meeting on the three economic objectives that you wrote in your mission statement. And the operator is running the all-staff meeting. Now, directly after the all-staff meeting, we do ours at 10 a.m. That meeting is over at 11. Directly after that, you have the leadership meeting. And the leadership meeting is basically you, the operator, and your department heads. That meeting is a bit of a free-for-all in the sense that you're really only answering one question. Well, two questions. What are we trying to get done? and where are we blocked? That's basically it. And so this is where you bring up that half a million dollar sound system that you bought from a church that's worth, you know, $850,000 on the open market, but it's missing two pieces that you can't seem to get off a ship that's parked off the coast of Los Angeles, right? (laughs) That's where you, that's what you just bring up all that stuff. Now, again, the operator is running that meeting. They're running that meeting. From there, you would have personal productivity stand-ups. So every person in the company is meeting for about 10 minutes with their direct report every single week. Now, here's what's great about this, Toby. 
You don't have to be in any of those meetings. So far, you've been in the all staff and you've been in the leadership meeting. You, you are not in the personal stand-ups. But I think all 18 employees need to feel heard. They need to be seen. And you're going to have your operator, you know, whoever's COO or president of the company, whatever you want to call them, they're going to have some direct reports that they meet with every week. This is called a stand-up because it's a very short meeting. And if you take the Business Made Simple course, Management Productivity Made Simple, we actually give you a piece of paper that the team member fills out before they show up at that meeting. And it basically answers the question, what are the five things that, they're, that are priorities to them? And then the old question, where are you blocked? And so every week, every team member is saying, here's the five things or three things or two things or whatever that are the most important for me. And it gives the, the, the director a chance to say, actually, you're off there. That's no longer important. What's important is this. And then you can adjust every single week. There's another meeting called the department stand-up. So each department is going to have a meeting without you being there every single morning. So every single morning, each department head is leading a department meeting for about 10 minutes. And all they're doing is saying, what did we get done yesterday and what are we going to get done today? That's really it. Now, they're all reporting, all the department heads are reporting to your operator. So now think about it. Your operator now knows what's going on with every single member of the team. And at 18 people, you probably don't uh, need that much communication. However, Toby, I can just sense from from who you are that you're not going to have 18 people on staff very long. It's going to go to 40. And at 40, you can't. You've got to meet with people every single day. And your departments have to meet every single day. And it's just, all it is really is, is opening up the channels of communication so that inactivity and a lack of productivity doesn't go very long without being stopped and corrected. And that's all that's really happening here. There's one more meeting, and that meeting is called the Quarterly Performance Review. And every team member needs to meet with their department head it's different than the stand-up where we're saying, what are we working on? The quarterly performance review is, is basically reviewing how well you are doing your job. And it's an honest conversation that happens four times each year. And that's really it. Sometimes you can have the quarterly performance review. The fourth quarter performance review is tied to a raise and a bonus package. And if they've done really well all year, you give them, I, you know, I give 3% raises and a 3% bonus, 3% of their salary. And that can scale up to 5% if the overall company top line revenue met its goal. So you, you can do that too. But what we're going to make it super, super easy for you. Whenever you hire this operator, they need to install that system. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be done. And I'm telling you, we tried, we tried so many consultants and so many team members and chiefs of staff to help us figure this out. Wow. So it, 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 it works. While the markets may have seen a dip in quarter two venture capital funding, it does not mean your business is destined to plateau. Start scaling now by using any of HubSpot's thousands of in-house crafted integrations for marketing, sales, and service. HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a CRM platform that's easy to buy, use, and scale. Stuck on how to streamline your deals? The Sales Hub helps you close more deals by automating your busy work. Need to automate your social media? The Marketing Hub has everything you need to publish, post, and monitor your social media channels all in one place. 
And with Service Hub, centralized customer data keeps your support teams all moving in one direction, and that is forward. Learn how HubSpot can make it easier for your business to grow better at HubSpot.com. You know, there's one thing that's really clear as I talk to small business owners every week, and that's that they need a plan. They need a plan to follow as they grow their small business. I started my business without a plan and probably, ah, gosh, in the 10 years I've been running a business, I bet I've wasted four of those just chasing down uh, ideas that didn't really help me grow my company. The truth is a plan is actually very, very simple. Uh, There are six frameworks that you need to know. And if you know those six frameworks, you have a plan to grow a small business. You know what you are doing. That's exactly what you get at businessmadesimple.com. You get a plan to optimize revenue and profit. You need email addresses. You need focus on three economic objectives. You need a clear marketing message. You need to invite the customer into a story. That's our sales framework. You need to manage your cash flow so you don't run out. All of that is part of the plan that is available to you at businessmadesimple.com. Plus, I host a live stream. You get access to me every month live. You can actually ask me a question. Join thousands and thousands of business owners just like you who have a plan to optimize revenue and profit. If you join Business Made Simple, you will have a plan too. Go to businessmadesimple.com and get your plan. Optimize revenue and profit, and you will not only survive, you will thrive. Go to businessmadesimple.com. And now back to the show. Okay, let me give you just a couple more things that are really going to help you, Toby. The, the other meeting that's really important is the revenue meeting. And basically, the operator is in charge of doing two things every month, reviewing the previous month's revenue and saying, look, we said we'd make a quarter million dollars and we ended up making 180. So where did we misproject and what happened? And then the next thing the, the operator wants to do in that meeting, probably with you and with sales and marketing, you know, it's a smaller group, is th- they're going to say, here's what we anticipate for you know, September. We anticipate another quarter million dollar month, and here's why. Because we've got some big inventory and some really strong bites on it. In other words, they're going to be able to stay accountable to you for the revenue that the company is making. Now, what that does every month is it makes you really aware that you know when he comes in and or she comes in and says, "Look, you know, Toby, I anticipate next month we're only going to make about seventy-five grand," and you say, "Why?" And you say, "We don't have any inventory. We just haven't bought enough material to actually sell. We've got great interest, but we don't have any inventory." It allows you to correct that before it becomes a problem. And so if your operator is in charge of those five meetings plus the sixth meeting, which is the revenue meeting, which is only you and the operator and maybe your, your salesperson or your marketing person or both, you've got a company that's running like a machine. And the interview questions that you want to be asking are all about whether or not they're going to be able to execute that. How does that sound? Does that give a little bit more clarity of what this operator needs to do? Yes. um, I'm very much a fan of the idea of organizing and systematizing the business so that everyone sees the clear objectives from the top down. Like you said, those five meetings. Uh, I, I love all that in theory. I'm terrible at installing it and I'm also terrible at following it. So to have that person that just organized and sees things in black and white and in numbers would be amazing. That's great. And, and let me tell you something, very few entrepreneurs in your shoes 
are able to articulate what they are good at and what they are bad at. What they want is everybody to just do things their way because their way is the right way. And so kudos to that. Um, let's talk about how this person is wired. What kind of person we're actually looking for who runs your company. And I'm going to start with what they are not. Uh, here's the main thing that they are not, Toby. They are not people pleasers. <laughs> if you have somebody who wants to be loved, they're not going to do a good job. They're just not. Because they're not going to be able to hold people accountable. They're not going to be able to tell people the truth. So you're saying not me. <laughs> you have, absolutely. I mean, you can be that kind of person and own the company, but you can't be that kind of person and run the company. Yeah. You, you just can't be a people pleaser. Here's the other thing you can't be. You can't not care if people are taken care of. You can't burn people out. Uh, you, you can't be pulling a Bobby Knight and throwing chairs across the basketball court. <laughs> you, know, you can't yeah. do that. You have to be a really stable, trusted, and respected person. People can depend on you. You're going to follow up. Uh, you have their best interest at heart. Now, you don't really care if they like you. You know, you care if the work gets done, but the work's going to get done a lot better if these people are cared for and taken care of. And you know how to do that. And you are extremely loyal to people. So you can go too far to the right where you're throwing chairs across the basketball court and you go too far to the left where you don't tell anybody the truth because you want them to like you. It's right down the middle. That's what we're looking for. All right, here's the third thing that they can't be. I don't think that they can be super creative. Now, it doesn't mean they're not a creative person or whatever, but when it comes to coming up with product ideas and all that kind of stuff, specifically, Toby, because you are so creative, you don't need any more creativity, right? Yeah. What you need are people executing on your creativity. And so somebody who comes in and says, hey, I, I got an idea. I think we should do this. That's probably not your operator. That's your artist or your entrepreneur. And your entrepreneur needs to be over in sales and marketing. And your operator needs to be keeping the ship stable. And you need to be basically in research and development, the way Bill Gates moved from CEO over to head up research and development. So what sort of questions do you ask? I think at your price point, when you're talking about 85 grand, what you're looking for is actually somebody who has a history as a project manager who doesn't yet know that they can be an operator, right? That's what you're looking for. Or you're looking for a head of sales and marketing that likes the, the numbers part and the managing the team part even more than they like dealing with the customers part. And again, you might have to try two or three. But who knows? The person that didn't work out might have worked out if they would have known what their job was, which is to run the business with these five meetings, add the sixth revenue meeting, and tell the truth. Don't people please. keep Make sure everybody knows what the, the goal of the company is and move on. How does that sound? Does that sound like uh, somebody that is you could probably find? Uh, it sounds great. Um, I do have one question. Should I act like a $4 million company like I am now? Or should I start thinking, you know, after two years we're at $4 million, should we start acting like a $10 million company and find somebody who can take us there? Well, I, you know, that's a contextual question. So let me ask you some things to find out what you should do. How much inventory is out there? How much market share do you currently have? Are other people jumping into the space? In other words, could you go from four to 40 million? Uh, theoretically, yes. There are 300,000 churches in America, and we're the only company doing something like this. Okay. And it's churchgear.com? Churchgear.com. Yeah, I think, you're going, I think you're going north of 20. 
I, I can't see anything that would stop you from from getting pretty darn big. And so that operator position is going to be really, really important. And I would make a I'd make a decent investment in that person. What you're also going to get with that person is increased productivity from everybody on the team, including yourself. My productivity doubled, if not tripled, when we started running this system because I was free. I was free to get my writing done and get my work done and be creative and come up with great ideas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you should start acting like a bigger company. But uh, I, I will say this, regardless of whether you want to sell it, build it to sell. Build it to sell. Because when you when you talk to people, you know what you want to do is you want to create a keynote deck as though this is a $40 million company and you've got a 30% profit margin. And, you know, at that point, you're your $9 million profit, let's say your EBITDA is $9 million. And gosh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you got an eight to 10X on this. So, you know, you're looking at selling it for $90 million. Create a keynote deck that you could go around to venture capitalists and private equity and whoever and pitch your company at $90 million. Now, don't, that's, I'm not saying that because you're now destined to sell it. I'm saying it because what you need to do is you've got a $90 million valuation and you need to reverse engineer that becoming true. Mm -hmm. And the way it's going to become true is it's not dependent on you. That's one of the great benefits of an operator. When they go in and they say, wait a second, this person we've never heard of is running the company, that means they can run the company, right? And your name's not all over everything and they own churchgear.com and you know pretty much the market understands what it is. That's a, I mean, you got to, you're sitting on a pretty valuable piece of business real estate. And when you reverse engineer it to sell it, what that means is you build it the right way. You build it the right way. All right, Toby, how do, how do you feel about all that? Does that give you a lot of hope? It absolutely does. I know that I am not that person. I know that there are people wired by God to do those exact things. So I just got to find that person, hand over the reins. Yeah, and you're, it's going to be a lot easier to find them when you know what you're looking for. And I think you know exactly what you're looking for now. I, I'd invest. Would you invest? I mean, it sounds like Toby's heading, I mean, four million in two years. And I mean, when word spreads, he said there were 300,000 churches. It's going to do just fine. You know what's going to happen, though, if he doesn't find somebody to operate his company? He's going to go from, I guarantee he's going to go from four million to three million. I guarantee you, because he's he doesn't like the job and it's going to burn him out and the company's going to suffer. So an operator is worth it. Finding an operator is worth it. All right. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action really is a question. Do you need to find an operator to run your company? Well, listen, if you are not in your sweet spot, if it feels like organized chaos, if people are wearing too many hats, you probably need an operator. All right, that's part one. If, if you identify with that, you need an operator. Second, what does the operator do? The operator runs management and productivity made simple. They run the business using five meetings, and that course goes live January 2023. In fact, Bobby is shaking his head yes. So at businessmadesimple.com, we have an online platform. Uh, that course goes live in early January. And all you need to do is sit that person down in front of a, a computer screen and say, watch this, and then implement it. And how should that person be wired? They should neither be a people pleaser or a jerk. They should be straight down the middle they should be focused on the numbers. They should be focused on facts. They should be a truth teller. And you should be able to work really well with them. This is not a creative person. 
Uh, I mean, they can be creative. They just don't bring that kind of creativity to the job. They are a pilot, right? I mean, can you imagine uh, a pilot going on the air before you take off in a plane and just saying, hey, my name is, uh, is John Smith. I'm your pilot today. We are creatively going to get you to Cleveland. I've got some ideas on how to get there that I don't believe have ever been done. You would freak out. You want to give me off this plane. No, we want systems checklist, pre-flight checklist, post-flight checklist, maintenance checklist. We want to run a system, my friend. If you're not designed, I'm not designed to run a system. I'm not designed that like that. I'm I'm creative. And you know, you've got to find somebody who can run your business. And we are growing because I have a great operator and you can grow as well. So that's the sort of person that you need. And that's the sort of thing they need to do. You need a person who loves people but is not a people pleaser, is numbers-oriented, facts-oriented, and they need to run management and productivity made simple. All right, you just got an exclusive preview of the new course that's coming out in January 2023. That is operating school. It's that all-staff meeting, then the leadership meeting, then the personal productivity stand-up. Then you've got the department stand-ups, and then you've got the quarterly performance reviews. Those are the five meetings. I would add a sixth that's not in the system, but it's really important, and that is the monthly revenue meeting. What did we do last month? What did we say we we're going to do? What happened? Did it Was it better? If so, why? If it was it worse? If so, why? And then what are we anticipating doing next month? That's the monthly meeting that you need to have focused on the numbers. All right, everybody. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly it far and fast. See you next week. <laughs>